This podcast is produced during the pandemic and hence the audio quality is home produced. Welcome to Beyond the Lines, a podcast by Roly about books, culture and our times. What do Charles Sobraj, Manu Sharma, Peter Mukherjee and Sushil Sharma have in common? Besides being involved in some of India's most gruesome crimes, they've all spent time in Asia's largest jail Tihar and they've all agreed to be profiled and interviewed in some cases for the very first time by award-winning journalist Sunetra Chaudhary for her two back-to-back best-selling books Behind Bars and Black Warrant, both published by Roly Books. Sunetra and I get on a call to discuss her books, her writing process, and a whole lot more. I am Priya Kapoor, and this is Beyond the Lines. Sunetra, let me start by asking you why prison? Why? What prompted you to? interested in inmates and jails and sort of involve yourself in the murky world of Tihar. Hi Priya, thank you for doing this with me. So so why why prisons? I think it's just because I'm a journalist and I like telling stories. And the whole thing about prisons is that, you know, uh, it's literally walled up from the rest of the world. Mm. Um, and and the only out that you have is once people are out of there. or you know a prison officer you're given the crime beat and as a young reporter i think i would have gone there one day and i think it just sucks you in although i must say it's like the toughest beats to crack is a crime beat you know it's literally stories about life and death right right um right. and 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 policemen can be either they're friendly but they can be they can be really tricky to get information out of everybody mm-hmm. all reporters everybody every newspaper news tv or whatever wants those stories and so the policeman police officer can really stay quiet or decide who he or she wants mm. to share it with according to me if you can crack the crime beat then mm-hmm. politics is easy as a political reporter you don't get to do too many stories says ended up with a bullet in his head <laughs> <laughs> true so, true but so do you remember just, the first time the drama. do you remember the first time you went to tihar as in what was that for or was it as a particular story yeah. that took you there you know praveen jain our common friend and the mm-hmm. former photo editor of the indian express he claims that he took me to tihar jail but he definitely introduced me to sunil gupta that's true because you mm-hmm. know he would just be the person saying that you know you should call him he will tell you if there's something there or not uh, mm-hmm. it was my first uh, day in ndtv 2003 november 3 and mm-hmm. i remember one of the things one of the rules that i had and a lot of reporters have is that you got to come in with a bang and at that time i didn't like my first story in hindustan times so my first day was manmohan singh's interview which is a big deal right but at that time when i joined ndtv i wasn't that experienced so i couldn't have got sonia gandhi or manmohan singh to give me an interview at that time but uh, i knew that if i had a story if i you know that anything from tihar would be a great story so that story mm-hmm. that story i remember really well it was the story of a life sentence convict who had cleared the iit 
definitely a source of reliable good stories for me yeah but i remember you telling me i mean this is the genesis of uh, behind bars in a conversation you mentioned to me that the book actually the idea of expanding a particular story into an entire book came to you after anka varma called you am i right yeah that's okay. correct tell us a little bit about that no so you know you never know actually one of the things about writing books or telling stories is uh, the best kinds i think sometimes just come to you you know and you have to be prepared i think the skill is they say that yes opportunities do come to you but your skill is in kind of grabbing that opportunity but at some point in ndtv uh, rajdeep made me start covering cbi it's not as dramatic as uh, proper crime reporting uh, but it is much more kind of political in nature because obviously mm-hmm. only the very very you know only very serious economic crimes crimes involving top politicians all those go to cbi so anyway mm-hmm. i kind of established myself as a cbi reporter so this was um, i started covering around 2004 2005 and this was around 2016 and i suddenly get this phone call and it was from and you know one of those unknown numbers and i always find unknown numbers very very exciting so so i i was quite curious and i remember it was the weekend and it was a woman with an accent and she wanted to meet me she, of course she said that she just come out of jail and i kind of knew about her because her husband was uh, infamous he'd gone to jail in the navy war room leak case you know i knew it was it was something to do with the cbi and we met at the high uh, regency and what was what actually gave that whole thing and became a book is the fact that you know as women you strike up a conversation you know you mm-hmm. sometimes you bond on things like children i mm-hmm. i remember that once i became a mother people had much more things to talk about because you know other people also have children and they bond on things right. like that she and i anchor and i of course bonded on the fact that you know she had just come she she shared with me that she just come from the parlor and why <laughs> uh, you know getting a beauty treatment post a stay in jail meant so much and because i think i kind of shared her enthusiasm on that then she <laughs> just happened to mention the fact that you know that she had tv that she had access to great clothes and i think by that time i had already been a journalist for like 15 16 years and i just thought that well if i don't know about this you know it's a great story i did a tv story it didn't fulfill me i i i did like a full show on it it didn't feel like i had even touched the surface and i don't think i slept at night till i kind of started putting it down you know when a story grips you in such a way that it takes you places you know it takes mm-hmm. you much beyond her it takes you to the fact that you know what about other people if if mm. she is doing this what about other rich people or regular people and i think it was around the time that a lot of regular people were going to jail a lot of jnu students were going to jail and i think that a lot of politicians you were not the typical criminal politicians they were white collars they were very respectable politicians kani mori was in jail raja was in jail all these people mm. were in jail mm. and i think that she kind of you know once i started thinking about it it just kind of came to me that i have to talk about that mm. and and i think that's when i called you and you're like yes and you <laughs> have to do it with roli and i think yeah that's how it happened you know as somebody who basically has to be churning out stories looking for stories putting them out there earlier it was on television now it's on print and also for your team 
how do you find the time and why have you in a span of 20 years as a journalist published three books i mean that's quite prolific first of all i'm not looking to write books i mean because mm-hmm. i really do realize the kind of effort that it takes and i really do want to and i and I, i like to do it well and i'm really passionate about it and it really does take up a lot of my time and you know there have been other offers and other people have approached because i think that if it's not something that is intrinsically a story which is grabbing me mm-hmm. because it has to grab me in order for me to take time out from my son who's really cute and i want to spend time <laughs> with him like i mm. it's not once you commit to a book right it's so much hard work and i i remember i have like certain ways to like i'm very organized about it and the fact is that most of the writing does get done on the weekend so i would mm-hmm. say that you know this chapter is for this week and i will do two to uh, you know i come back from office and i'll do two hours at night and then yeah. i do a huge chunk of it over the weekend yeah but it does mean that it's really nice to just laze and you know watch netflix with your son or your husband mm. it's really fun mm. to do that and i think mm. that our jobs are so demanding that i would like to do that but i think that sometimes a story is so amazing that you resent somebody else doing it you know mm. you can't mm. let the story go i mean i i still kind of am angry about the fact that with myself about the fact that you know i had this amazing idea about doing a bill bryson in india mm. i did travel to two places but because i teamed up with my husband to do that and he is just lazy and didn't get around to writing his part <laughs> that that book bet- never got done so breaking news came out in 2010 and i think mm-hmm. between 2010 and 2012 i was obsessed with the idea of telling stories about the whole mother experience working mm-hmm. women experience it was an mm-hmm. obsession with me but i didn't know how to put it out and whether there was a market for it and all and so that never happened but i'm just saying that it has to be such a compelling story that you think about it so often that you have to put it out and i think that's the reason why these books have come out of course the last one we had was a lot of pushing from you as well but i think the story <laughs> if anyone else would have done that story i would have felt terrible neil your son who you also refer to as tiny features in your book in fact from the yeah. news and if i'm if i'm not mistaken you dedicated one of your books to him as well your later book yeah. to him but yeah. he features in behind bars tell us a story about uh, your cbi beat and him uh, the cbi thing was that you know he was in he was in play school at that time i in general kid conversations in the classroom like people's mummies and daddies would come up <laughs> and mm-hmm. and so i i guess questions about us may have surfaced so there was a parent teacher meeting and mm-hmm. then his teacher said tell me something uh, why is it that whenever whenever we ask neil where his mother is why why, why? he says cbi that's just after uh, a raja was arrested and you know, the whole 2g investigation was in full force that time mm-hmm. and and that's why obviously he was spending a lot of time there and so much so that you know he'd come along with me so <laughs> oh, they you thought mean- You would take uh, t- uh, Tiny to the CBI headquarters. I've done that a couple of times. They've come to <laughs> drop me or pick me up, or you know, if I'm doing yeah. lives, uh, yeah. which were my live reports. In between live reports, we could all play with him, right? Right. right. So, so, well so he yeah. his vocabulary was CBI, and so she really thought maybe I was one of those dodgy people who needed to be questioned <laughs> by CBI. So yeah, so we had to explain the whole concept of the beep. So that's one story. You know, of course, the other story is. 
when uh, Anil Ambani was being questioned by CBI. But suddenly they said that, you know, Anil Ambani has come to CBI. He's being questioned at CBI. So I needed to do a live report on the phone immediately. And Tiny was such a baby at that time that, you know, he was, he used to do a lot of goo goo gaga and, you know, maybe <laughs> make, make even more, less adorable sounds. Mm-hmm. So I was so stressed out because this was a big story and I did not need. So one part of me thought, okay, I'm just going to stop the car, ask the driver to stop the car, come out. But then it was going to be very noisy because it was traffic, right? It's on the ring mm-hmm. road. Mm-hmm. So I really didn't have too many options. And they're like, we're coming to you, we're coming to you. So thank God I whipped out this packet of gems. <laughs> I figured that I would just keep popping one gems at a time. <laughs> and it worked to a certain extent. But the only problem is that, you know, he would finish one, one of those gems and start going, oh, to kind of express that he wants another one. And so people tweeted me saying, I think we heard your baby today. <laughs> I've actually known you since we were both working at the Express and before you were married. And it's been such a pleasure to watch you, you know, and grow exponentially every few years. But one of the things which I noticed and I've brought this up with you before is that I really admire the way that not only do you sort of take it in your stride being a working mom and being very hands-on, but you've now started to talk about it a lot, you know, which is something that, you know, maybe it has something to do with experience, your own experience over the age that being a working mom, talking about your child, about your husband, the fact that you do need to spend time with them. What has prompted this? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think that you know, as you grow older, one, you become less self-conscious. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is really silly. But you know, I was very embarrassed about my pregnancy. And I was obviously up and about all the time. I was, you know, running around here and there. And (laughs) it's really bizarre why we're really kind of conscious about our bodies and things like that. So as you grow older, you don't care anymore. You know, you don't Mm -hmm. care about, I'm not saying I would breastfeed in public, but you know, you care less about what people say about you. That's one. Mm -hmm. Um, Second thing is working as a woman and a mother is so difficult. I mean, as a woman, it's difficult, but as a mother, it is incredibly hard. And you will realize that as well. People just don't know how to deal with a woman who's really into her work, but she also cares about having a well-rounded child. Mm-hmm. And I say this, even though I have the best, as I said, like, for example, I hired a driver just for this. I could afford to have a nanny. I had both sets of parents within driving distance mm-hmm. so that, you know, whenever the nanny was on leave, the baby could be ferried off to either set. It's still incredibly difficult. It's difficult when you also have to come back to the workspace and then, you know, you have to explain like, you know, you feel apologetic about the fact that you've been away. You know, you feel apologetic sometimes, but you shouldn't. Now I don't about the fact that you want time off that one month in a year where you want to focus on them or you just want to spend Mm -hmm. with the baby, you know? And the thing is that in India, what we forget is that women have been doing this for a long time. My Mm -hmm. mother-in-law told me this, you know, crazy story. And it's only because she shared it with me. Did I know what she said that their nanny and sleep's nanny, therefore, was a young boy because they couldn't find a proper help. And she tells Mm -hmm. me how in the U special, she used to get so anxious thinking that was the little boy able to take care of her baby that she said, as the bus came to the bus stop, Priya, she used to jump from the bus and start running. 
30 40 years later when i had the baby every time mm-hmm. i would drive back suppose after an evening assignment while parking and coming out and into my house i would always think oh my god was my son missing me was he crying oh, was yeah. i there enough every time i came home and he was already asleep a good day was when i could you know at least sing him to sleep or you know put him to sleep a bad mm. day was when the whole day went and i didn't see him so so i'm just saying that it helps to hear my mother in law's story it helps to hear ishwar judge aluwalia's book and story where she talks mm-hmm. about what she did to bring up mm-hmm. her two boys you know mm-hmm. you just realize hearing somebody else's experience like that makes you think that oh fine it's okay it means everybody is going through this you know the workforce is only made up of 25% women right so mm. you're not going to hear their stories and you're not going to mm-hmm. hear women successful women tell their stories because mm-hmm. it told me it was okay it was okay you can be a serious journalist and everyone will take you seriously even though you prioritize your child's education and that mm-hmm. really stayed with me well i think so. from what i know of neil he's turned out to be an absolutely delightful <laughs> young man because not only does he you know play the guitar and sing beautifully and serenade his mother but he also reads which is amazing for a boy as well my books yet so <laughs> well it might need some pg 13 he's not 13 is yet yeah. so you know yeah, perhaps we wait till that but tell me was yours a reading family growing up no so my parents weren't very big readers my mother was my mother loved uh, romances and mm-hmm. i remember the exciting thing was when i like became 11 or 12 or something and i could read her wilson bond but i read <laughs> one and i dropped it immediately because i was like this is utter rubbish mother what do you read you know my father yeah. all i can remember him reading was we used to always get lots of newspapers and mm-hmm. office documents so he and mm-hmm. he is more the operations kind of guy so he would always be outside meeting people so i get that from him but yeah. i think the whole reading thing was I don't know it just came I think they gave us a lot of books you know so I remember uh, going to Galgotia and Sons and buying mm-hmm. books all the time you know it wasn't my family as such where Sudeep's because he comes from an academic family he really his reading was there were so many academic and lots of like mm-hmm. I think Sudeep got a lot of the you know esoteric reading whereas mine was mm-hmm. more mainstream reading I read on mm-hmm. the Inner Blightons and mm-hmm. all the adventures mm-hmm. I try, as I said, I tried Miss and Bones. I couldn't like it, but it was like basically a lot of popular thing. Like Neil is going to have the advantage, you know, Absolutely. that he is going yeah. to grow up with such esoteric, like great books, and he's going to mm-hmm. have all of us, even though he doesn't like being told what to read. You know, being the daughter of a sarkari family does does have its kind of disadvantages in that they couldn't see beyond doctors. When I was initially looking at university, I did kind of for a little bit contemplate. uh just for my parents you know going to medicine but i figured out and i told them quite early enough that it i wasn't good enough um and mm. but what i was always what came to me easy and what i was also into was just like writing and i think that you know those a levels and that time in london actually really helped because you know they they were into you had english language and literature and very early on which is 15 onwards you have to do critical essays and mm-hmm, i think that mm-hmm. really helped me later on as a journalist because immediately you you know got into this whole thing of how to write and build your arguments you know right um, right and and that really helped so i went into that and and yeah and i think that uh, very strangely i would watch oprah and everything and i i think even <laughs> at that time i thought that you know 
I would love to do these kind of shows. But I, I mean, that never seemed like an option that was open here in India. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the mm-hmm. whole thing about journalists was: imagine having a job where they pay you to go and experience things and write about it. Like, what could be better than that? Because in your career, you've actually gone from print. Television back to print. Very few yes. people actually do that. And I mean, tell me honestly, Sunitra, do you miss television? Because I mean, surely TV gives you that instant stardom. You become a familiar face. Your social media following goes exponentially. And so I'll explain it to you. Basically, when I was in the Express, so it's the first job. So you know, we were doing all these stories, and uh, page one in the Express meant a lot. Mm-hmm. And that I remember. So this is. This is, uh, you know, turn of the century, so two thousand one or two thousand two, and what I resented was that I would do these stories, but you know, it would be on NDTV with some random person just copying that story, but <laughs> they would kind of get all the kind of attention with that, and I would say, right. say, what's the big deal? I can do that, and I think mm-hmm. that led me into TV in the first place, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, I mean. Only now do I realize how powerful the medium was because people actually think that they know you, you know, and they—it's mm-hmm. very nice because they have a connection with you. They think that you know that a lot of people feel that oh my god, you know, you were really good. And at this time, I think they feel it much more to have someone on screen who they feel that they trust. And I think mm. you know the camera—you know—it's a cliche that they say that the camera doesn't lie. But mm-hmm. I think sometimes the, um, the magic about TV Priya is that it's so much to do with emotions. They really believe they understand the kind of nuance that you bring into your reporting, mm-hmm. and they appreciate that. And I think mm-hmm. they appreciate that even more now when it's become so loud and kind of polarized and all of that. So they really appreciated that. You know. The whole thing is that you have to keep doing something new, right? So I'd mm-hmm. done that, and I just needed the next challenge. And in TV, it would have meant either I became, you know, the challenge would have been I was running the channel by mm-hmm. myself. That mm-hmm. would be the only challenge which I hadn't done. But otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, I was I had done the prime time show for quite a few years. I had led a TV uh, team, and by the time I left PR, it was high time because TV budgets were getting cut. There was nobody who was doing really good journalism. TV budgets were getting cut, so you know, for someone like me who just needs to tell stories, whatever format it is, and by this time, by the time I moved in 2019, it was anyway. Everyone was multimedia. You know, you could. Mm-hmm. You know, it didn't mean that if you're a newspaper, you're not going to interview someone on video. You're going to be because people just need to hear the story, whether it is a, a podcast or if it is right. a video. Or right. it is, uh, you know, something different. People are anyway consuming their news not in at nine o'clock on TV, but on Twitter. And I can still right. do Twitter videos. And I think mm-hmm. it was just the whole point of being what what is one. The big thing was I need a bigger challenge, and this seemed like a big challenge because it was like a big mainstream newspaper and handling a big team over there, and and that's what it was. Okay, yeah. Sunita. So for our last segment, I mean, we could go on and on. We could even make the, an entire episode about how you <laughs> now feature in Arnab Goswami's uh, WhatsApp <laughs> WikiLeaks, and your book has featured there. But we're going to move on to the last segment um, of our podcast, which is basically, you know, where we get to know your author, and it's a rapid fire round. So you have to be very quick with your answers. Okay, so I'm going okay. to start with the first question, which is sum up the lockdown for you in two words: traumatic. But also learning, adult, uh, uh, adulting. 
So yeah. traumatic, traumatic and adulting. Yeah. Okay. What are you reading right now? I'm reading Manu uh, Manusmati, and mm-hmm. I'm reading this new book on population myths by S. Y. Qureshi. Okay. And what's your favorite song? My favorite song is at the moment it's uh it's that bite monkey. I'm okay. enjoying that. Yeah. What's your first language? Bengali. The last person that you messaged today. A colleague at work. So boring. About a story Print. that they don't need to file. <laughs> Print or TV? Ah, uh, print. What's your one guilty pleasure? Chocolate. What's your favorite drink? Champagne. Fiction or non-fiction? Non-fiction. Any day. To write. Cats or dogs? To write. And to read? Yeah. To read. Fiction. Yeah. Okay. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Next one. Yeah. The one place you can't wait to visit once the virus is behind us. London. And your favorite cuisine? Oh, that's really tough. I go between Chinese and kebabs. Okay. So that's the next question is related. Yoga or running? Yoga. Barkha Das or Faye D'Souza? Barkha, any day. Last question. Who would you have liked to have interviewed? Indira Gandhi, Sonia Gandhi, Jai Lalita or Mayawati? No, so Sonia Gandhi for sure. And why? Because she's not spoken. I think after Mm -hmm. Veer Sangvi, you know, she's not spoken. And Shikhar Gupta, and there was ages ago. So much has happened. I want to know what she thinks about her son. I want to know whether... (laughs) Yeah, whether she still thinks that he should be president or not and why. I want to mm-hmm. ask her about whether she, she, what she thinks about the rumors that she prefers her son to her daughter. Mm-hmm. I really want to know all this. I hope Mrs. Gandhi will listen to this podcast. I She's know. a very earnest, earnestly fire. <laughs> no, but thank you, Sureta. This has been so much fun. And you know, I've always said when friends collaborate for work, it's never That's just true. work then. And the two books that we've done together have been truly rewarding for us. You know, at least for me, both commercially, editorially. Well, Sadiq's and... a big fan of you. He thinks that you're super, <laughs> super at this. Okay. No, but this was so much fun. Thank you. Thanks Thank a lot. You, bye. Okay, bye. Thank you everyone for listening in. This was Beyond the Lines by Roli. If you liked this show, then subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And check out all our books on rollybooks.com. That is R-O-L-I-B-O-O-K-S dot com. Since you are here, you can get a 20% discount on all the featured books in this podcast series with a special coupon code BTL20 on cmykbookstore.com. That is C-M-Y-K-B-O-O-K-S-T-O-R-E dot com. We'll be back soon with our next episode. In the meantime, do tell others about our podcast and stay tuned.